0: All right, all right, here we go. This is the NBA Dream Podcast for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Sleepy Jay, joined once again by NBA betting expert Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and myself will go ahead, we'll cover the NBA Thursday games, we'll cover some hot topics, and we'll go ahead and we'll give out our best bets. So guys, now we're into the home stretch of the second half of the NBA season. All-Star weekend is now over. Uh, The white dude won the dunk contest. Russell Westbrook, he's still in L.A., but he actually has a better chance now to go ahead and win a title uh, than he did last week. Mac, I'm not sure how much of the all-star weekend that you caught. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. What was the highlight for you if you did catch some of it? It's got to be Matt McClung, and
1: props to you, man. You gave it out. So back-to-back years on this pod, you got either a three-point contest winner, Cat, 9-to-1, shout-out, brought it back, or more importantly, uh, plus 240, great call out of you. And it really wasn't close. Uh, it was an unfair fight. Uh, so that was my highlight. Probably um, the Hezzy. The Hezy reverse was pretty nice. I uh, hadn't seen that one before he was right. I mean, it, I could imagine it, but I had never seen it. And the, the 540 reverse uh, was also pretty nice. So uh, just two excellent dunks for the, for the great all-time montage of dunk history. I mean, maybe one out of 10 years is good these days, but uh, it's still cool. Uh, add, add that to the list of great dunks all-time.
0: Yeah, that one was cool. I saw that and I was like, "Oh man!" And he was like, "It's over." And I was like, "All right, I guess it's over." And every, everybody was going wild. And I was like, "Sweet!" It was cool to pick, you know, cool to pick the right guy. Uh, Dame Lillard won the three point contest. Uh, I didn't give anything. I, I didn't even actually see that. I, ended, I was a little bit busy, but I definitely didn't want to miss the dunk contest. I will say this: if you decide to bet unders in the NBA All Star Game, don't watch it. <laughs> if you want anxiety. Cursing at TV sets. He's wide open. It's crazy. Like, I, like if they're going for a layup, nobody plays any defense. Like the work. The only way that I think that you can actually hit an under is if they just shoot so many three pointers because they're going to miss them. Not going to make them all. I mean, it was crazy. Um, the threes that some of these guys were making, and and some of the guys were guarded. Like, you know, give credit where credit's due. Dudes, dudes like Tatum and Mitchell, like they were out there running a gun in throwing these threes up with dudes in their faces still swishing them like it was cool but they simply just don't guard anything when it comes to getting to the rim and you're under it really just depends on on those guys like shooting threes and hope and you're hoping and praying that they miss them but (laughs) there's no way you could ever feel comfortable betting an under in an all-star game so I don't know but uh I'm glad it's over you know we're in the second half of the season now so um it it was a good little break I, I got some college basketball stuff done some NBA stuff done so Mac and I are ready to roll for this week. As we said, you know, this will be for the Thursday games. Uh, So we'll go ahead. We'll start out with the games that we like most going into Thursday. Uh, For me, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play OKC plus the two and a half there, Mac. They're going to be on the road in Utah. I feel like OKC kind of has pulled the head right now of the Jazz. I feel like they are the better team right now. What I hate about the Jazz in this game is kind of like two, maybe even threefold. One, the All-Star game was in Utah. And I'm guessing with, you know, all the festivities that were going on that many of the jazz players were involved or attending, you know, at, at some capacity. OKC outside of SGA, they were probably getting some much needed rest at home. So I think they come into this game physically rested and mentally rested. And I don't know about, you know, Utah, arguably their best player, marketing He didn't really get much time off. He was in the All-Star game. They they looked like they ran him, you know, a good amount of time. And I actually wonder you know, what the Utah crowd might look like because it's in Utah. And those fans want to go and, you know, they want to see the best players in the world and see, you know, the skills challenge, three-point contests, all that stuff like that. And then there were a number of Utah jazz players that were in the skills competition. Uh, Sexton was one of them. I don't think it was Clarkson. I forget the other, the other guy's name. But there were a number of Utah players that actually were involved. So how much mental rest have they got? How much physical rest have they got? In my opinion, not enough. And I think the crowd will be down. The mental and physical side with Utah will be down. So I'm going to go ahead, Mac, and I'm going to play OKC uh, as one of my games here at plus two and a half. Not sure if you like that one, but I think the money line is certainly in play as well. So OKC for me there, Mac. I do like this one. I think... I'm actually kind of jealous of this pick.
1: You're picking uh you're picking up on a few trends that the numbers kind of just jump off the page now that now that I've isolated it. Both of these teams I've kind of tentatively upgraded throughout the season expected to be very bad teams turned out to be average teams, but I was on both cases I'm like when does the other shoe drop? When do we realize that this is a they're a long-term focused franchises, they stop resting, they stop playing guys? Well, about a month ago I think it was. I asked that question about the Thunder. I'm like, this is the time every year they start to turn back into a pumpkin. Shea Gilgis Alexander gets some sort of nagging injury and they end up losing like 20 out of 25 games. Last, At least the last two years, if not the last three, that's been exactly the script. Well, turn around to this January and February. The last 30 days have been the number four team in the country, mostly NBA, I guess Toronto, in the nation, in the, in the uh, North America. Number three on offense, number 11 on defense, the Jazz has been the exact opposite. They finally do look like the 35-30 win team. Uh, they've been the 21st best team in net rating in the last 30 days. And I think player-wise, personnel-wise, Laurie Markkinen was just on that stage as an all-star starter, uh, you know, got that moment in his life. Good for him. I think they're long-term focused now. I think Laurie Markkinen is, is relishing, you know, being a star in the league, finally making it. Mama, I made it. Shiguel Alexander's been a star. He wants to win. He said at the beginning of the season, he's saying at middle season, uh, took exception being blocked in the All-Star game. He has the kind of edge to him. He doesn't really think anyone in the league uh, is a a level above him anymore. You know, he's right there with him in his his mind. And I think this is the kind of game he and the Thunder exert themselves. So nice pick. My numbers make this OKC plus two. But I think situational-wise, all those guys being involved in the All-Star game where the Thunder are rested up, uh, I would even make this pick if I was booking the line myself. So nice pick, and I uh, hope it cashes for us.
0: All right, well, that makes me feel pretty good. So that'll be the play that I'm going to go with. Mac, you actually have a play here in the Grizzlies 76ers game. Current line on this one, 76ers minus four, and we have a total of 229. What are you looking at in that one?
1: Yeah, I like the over here of 229. It's crept up from two twenty eight and a half, And I actually started this handicap thinking the Grizzlies were being disrespected here. Uh so I looked into the numbers and I'm like, this number is saying the Sixers are a point and a half better than the Grizzlies. What am I missing? Well, digging a little deeper, the numbers justified in my opinion. And the reason is Steven Adams. He's been a huge loss to this team, and he's still questionable, uh, unlikely to play. Plus 9.6 better the Grizzlies are when he's on the court versus off. And it got me thinking: like, of all the players on the Grizzlies, we know Ja Morant, all-star. Uh, Bain, budding all-star, Jaron Jackson Jr., all-star, it's rare that a fourth player would make such a difference. But then I look at who has the best on-off plus splits, and it's Jaron Jackson Jr. And it, it starts to make sense where when they're on the court together, they have uh, you know kind of the perfect combination of bigs, where they one of them can stretch the floor. Steven Adams is probably the best offensive rebounder in the league, so he can, he can make up that slap if Jaron Jackson's fading to the paint. Without him, I think they become a very different team. And I think they uh, play are going to have to play a lot faster with Darren Jackson Jr. at center. And I think the Sixers, and I think to beat the Sixers, they're not going to play a half-court game. They're not going to let it be a half-court game. Uh, and we've seen that uh, in their in their matchup history. So the last four games, uh, Grizzlies averaging, uh, averaging 120 points versus the Sixers, uh, all three overs, or three and one to the over, uh, Grizzlies over their team total all four times. And I just see a similar matchup here. So uh, I talked myself off of the Grizzlies, though I lean that way. Um, Stephen Adams making that difference, but without Stephen Adams, I think they probably are similar offensively. Maybe a little few less offensive rebounds, and I think they play a lot faster style with the Sixers. Uh, in this in this recent matchup history, have been more than happy to accept and play along with them. So uh, with everybody rested, I'm expecting an up and down game. Sixers Grizzlies over 229 is the pick.
0: All right, solid pick there, Mac. I'm curious, if, have you seen any update on Steven Adams? Is he going to be back, you know, maybe in like the next week or two? Or is there like a period of time that, that he's going to be out right now? Because I haven't seen much of him, but clearly they need to go in and get that guy on the floor because when they have Jackson out there in the middle, all he's like, one thing that we know about that guy, he can rack up fouls and he can end up taking himself out of a game. They need to they need to get Steven Adams in there because he ends up in foul trouble all the time. And yep. that team just basically just shorthanded. No doubt. And it looks like he's back on
1: the court doing, a, you know, doing some light five on five work. So probably in the next couple of weeks, but nothing imminent
0: for Adams. All right. Well, hopefully they can go ahead and get him back because obviously they're going to need him. Uh, why don't we do NBA Jeopardy there, Mac? We haven't done this in quite some time. This is everybody's favorite time of the podcast where I try to stump McKenzie and then he somehow miraculously comes up with all the right answers. So I'm going to go ahead and Mac, I'm going to do some all star NBA Jeopardy with you here. I'm going to give you a question, and then we'll do double Jeopardy, but I have a final Jeopardy question that I actually don't think that you're going to get, so we'll see. So we're going to go ahead and check your all-star acumen here. Let's go ahead and start it out. Let's talk about your boy, Michael Jordan. Jordan, 14-time all-star. Jordan, he won a total of three all-star MVPs. How many triple-doubles does Michael Jordan have in his 14 appearances in the all-star game? Hmm,
1: I think I remember one. I remember he won MVP in '98. I don't think I don't think that was a triple-double year. It's either one or two, uh, and I'm gonna say he did it
0: twice. Dang! All right, sir, you are incorrect. Michael Jordan had a triple-double one time in his 14 NBA All-Star games, and ironically, there, Mac, even though he won three MVPs, he did not get an MVP when uh. he. That was the Glenn Rice here,
1: right? That was Glenn Rice put up 36 in the third quarter or something.
0: I believe you are right, sir. I believe you are right. Partial credit. All right, I'll give you partial credit. So (laughs) since you got partial credit there, Mac, you have 50 pregame bulk dollars that you can wager here on Double Jeopardy. How much of that do you want to risk? Let's let's risk it all, baby, $50. All right, Mac, going to go ahead and take a shot here, risking his 50 pregame bulk dollars on this Double Jeopardy question. Michael Jordan, one-time teammate, Craig Hodges is one of only two players to win the three-point contest three times. Who is the other player to win the three-point contest three times?
1: Finger up in the air. Signature moment of the
0: event, I think. Larry Bird is the answer, right? All right, Larry Bird. That was an easy one. See, what I was going to do was I was going to go ahead and flip it and do Jordan Bird and lead you into... See if you can get Craig Hodges. I think I might have. All right, I, I, and the only reason I, I, figured that you would probably get that one is just because Jordan and Hodges obviously played together, and then I was like, he, he's not gonna forget. He's not gonna forget Larry Bird. There's no way. <laughs> all right, so you got a hunter. You got a hundred pregame bulk dollars, Mac. We'll go ahead. We'll do final Jeopardy. How much you want to risk? One hundred dollars. All right. You don't want to save any for picks. You, you
1: want to blow it all. See. I'm a gambler at heart, and I'm, I mean, you say blow it. I want $200 to shop around at Pregame.com with the best handicappers in the world.
0: I want all of it. All right, so he's going to go for the gusto here. Final Jeopardy there, Mac. This back-to-back NBA contest winner jumped over the smallest NBA player to ever win the dunk contest. Spud Webb, who is this guy?
1: He jumped over Spud Webb. Nate Robinson.
0: Nate Robinson is correct. I don't know if you guys saw Nate Robinson get knocked out by Jake Paul. (laughs) It it wasn't the best moment. (laughs) It it certainly wasn't the best moment, but it was, we will just say it was a moment. So (laughs) there's NBA Jeopardy. Mackenzie Rivers going ahead and taking down two out of three questions. But look, he, he won money. He's got money to buy picks there at pregame. Um... You know what I want to do, Mac. I want to switch it up a little bit. I want to do best bets here, and uh, I know that some of you guys like to go ahead and just skip right to the end. And you guys know what's at the end of the podcast—that's our agreed upon prop bet. But we're going to make you guys listen um, each and every week, so you, you you're not going to know where our best bets are. Maybe they're in the beginning, maybe they're in the end. Today we're going to go ahead. We're going to put them in the middle. Mac, you have one that, that we don't have a number for as of yet. So we're going to go. Ahead. We're going to call a buy price for your best bet. I looked for this same bet this morning. I was like this. This is one that I was looking for. So I'm with you. What
1: do you got? So i like Anthony Davis to go over his points prop. Maybe we get lucky and they posted that 23 and a half, probably 24 and a half. I'll say 25 would be, uh, you know, the highest I would bet this at. But it's pretty simple. Anthony Davis, if you look at the top 20 players, I think it was maybe top 18 players, whatever the graphic was, that had the most points plus rebounds per game this season, 17 were all-stars. The other one who was like number five was Anthony Davis putting up 27 and 11 and not making the all-star game is a statement. And I know why 35 games played, not a lot. It's more than 20 games missed again. Usually when you have a star, the caliber of Anthony Davis, the consistency of Anthony Davis, a former MVP candidate, uh, you know, a guy whose per game numbers in the playoffs in the regular season, any, any split is going to be right up there all time. Usually guys like that get the benefit of the doubt when they miss 20 games. However, it's been 20 games too many times with Anthony Davis. So I think the opposite happened here, where they said, you know what, rest up, big fella. Uh, we need you to play more games if we if you want to be uh, at the table with the other greats in the league. Well, he was kind of um, prickly, shall we say, down the stretch of the NBA first half. Uh, wasn't too thrilled when they were losing to the Thunder during LeBron's big moment, becoming the all-time leader in regular season points, uh, sitting on the bench with a you know frown on his face. You know I've played pickup in Chicago many times. Uh, sometimes that guy just wants to play another game because he's fucking pissed. He's fucking pissed. He's like, oh, just put the ball out. I am so tired of hearing you. Uh, I've been there. I've been there, Anthony. Sometimes you want to play. I think that's the kind of feeling that Davis wants to just exercise some demons and put some points on the board. He's well-rested, didn't travel for the All-Star game, stayed in L.A. Now they're hosting the Warriors, a team who, on the season – On the road, only the Rockets and the Spurs have been worse defensively. Only the worst teams in the league by far have been worse defensively than the Warriors on the road. Draymond Green is not the Draymond Green of last year's playoffs, at least not yet this season. And uh, I think he's going to be overworked with uh, so much to do uh, guarding LeBron on possessions, switching over to Russell. He's not going to be able to one-on-one match up Davis within another scenario he might be able to. So it's going to be a bunch of guys thrown at Davis, and I think he's going to have a, he's going to have a little chip on his shoulder, and I, I expect him to put up a big game. I looked at points and rebounds, but I think points is probably the cleanest way to go. Probably going to be set at 24-and-a-half. I think Fairline
0: 27-and-a-half. So that's the bet. Anthony Davis over 24-and-a-half points. All right. I like that one, Mac. I looked at that first thing this morning, and I'm like, oh, geez. I'm like, of course they don't have it. So they had LeBron listed. Doesn't that make the point though? Doesn't that make the point? Yeah. Like LeBron
1: just broke his finger or whatever in the all-star game. And they're like, whatever he's LeBron, he's going to play. They're saying Anthony Davis, I know he's been out for a week. I know he doesn't have any injury. Let's just wait and see if he's going to play. I mean, that's the feeling in the in America about Anthony Davis. And he's got to be pissed about that. He wants to change
0: that. Totally. And I think that, that that's kind of a big factor here is that LeBron, if you guys weren't watching the all-star game and he ended up getting his pinky caught in the rim and he sat out the entire second half, but You know, it is LeBron. I mean, he's the biggest star in the league, still up to date. And when All-Star Weekend rolls around, it's not like he just comes there and and, and plays the game and leaves. Like, that dude has a lot of probably responsibilities. Uh, He's probably doing nothing but media stuff. So it's probably a long week, actually, for somebody like LeBron. The fact that AD wasn't there, he was able to go ahead and sit there and get rested and uh, probably a little bit aggravated. You know, I think he's going to come out and show, you know, why he should have been an All-Star selection. So I'm with you there, Mac, with this one. For my best bet, Mac, I'm going to go with the Orlando Magic minus the six and a half points. Uh, They're going to be here at home. They're playing the Detroit Pistons. I actually feel like six and a half is actually a pretty good number right now to go ahead and bet them. I feel like this could go to seven, maybe even seven and a half. The Pistons, I mean, you say what you want, Mac, or or, or anybody, you know, in my opinion, this team's probably tanking the season away. And look, even if they weren't, going on the road is just something that this team is not good at. The Pistons have won one road game. Over the last month and a half, Orlando looks like they're trying to finish the season strong. They're rather healthy right now, and they look motivated in my eyes. At least they're playing motivated basketball. The Magic actually have double revenge right now for this game, which is kind of surprising. So I see an all-in effort here from Orlando. And I think that they're going to be able to go ahead and take care of this Pistons team that just, honestly, they just have no life. And I think they're just trying to go ahead and secure themselves in a pretty nice spot when the NBA draft lottery comes around. So I look Orlando here quite a bit, they're Mac at minus six and a half. Not sure if you have any thoughts on them, but I, I just honestly don't see how we can mess with, with some of these bottom feeder teams right now. Like this is the time where you, you want to be careful because sometimes... It looks like it's a lot of points, but sometimes it just doesn't matter because they honestly – like we're seeing it with the Spurs. They lost 10 straight games. They're getting blown out nightly, blown out by 20, blown out by 30. The odds makers can't put the lines high enough, so you just have to be careful. That That's kind of my recommendation with these bottom feeder teams. It's either fade them or stay away from them.
1: I like to pick – my numbers make this magic minus 7.5. And, and just from a vibes standpoint – again, my numbers make it 7.5, so you got value there – one of these teams, like, has all these success stories they're trying to build on. Markel Fultz is back, Rookie of the Year. Paulo Banqueros, you know, heavily favored, continuing doing what he wants to do. Franz Wagner's proven not to be a flash in the pan, a real player. The Pistons, the exact opposite. There's no nothing to hang your hat on. Cade Cunningham's not there. Uh, coach is probably um, on his way out. Wouldn't be surprised. So, big picture wise, with great power comes great responsibility, right? with the greatest draft asset potentially ever out there measuring at six, seven, five, um, you know, saying that he doesn't care where he goes to. Wouldn't be surprised if we see the biggest tanking season of all time, like for like biggest potential asset, biggest tank, tank job. So that's, you know, something to look out for, something in the zeitgeist where I really wouldn't, I'd look to either fade the Rockets, Pistons and Spurs Uh, Or pass in almost every scenario. The Magic, they've proven to be a different story. They were with that group in the beginning of the season, but they're not now. And it wouldn't shock me if they got Victor. They're going to finish like 10th in the East. They're going to have like their best season in a minute. And the league, you know, might reward that kind of behavior and give
0: them Victor Wimbanyama. Who knows? At the end of the day, this is a business, right? It's all about money. And when you can go ahead and you can get a player like Victor Wimbanyama on your team, he changes your franchise potentially for the next. 15 years, 10 years minimum, you know, as long as you can keep that guy. So it, it's smart to go out there and probably do the right thing, which right now for these bottom feeder teams, it's tank. Because if you can get this guy, you know, it, it's like getting a LeBron James maybe, you know, down the road. I mean, you never know. I mean, there, there's generational players that come into this league that just, you know, they change the game. And and this dude with, you know, if you guys have watched him, he can simply change the game, you know, with with the skills that he has and, and the height that he has. So, We'll see, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Orlando minus the 6.5 as my best bet. Mac, you were just talking about uh, coaching changes, and so we had one over the last couple of days. Nate McMillan, Atlanta Hawks head coach, was fired. And I want to go ahead and make make a recommendation to go ahead and play the Hawks to go ahead and make the playoffs minus 155. Mac, I don't know what you think about this, but when a coach gets fired and there's, I guess, let's just say some disruption between players, coach, when the coach gets fired, the players step up because they don't want the finger pointed at them saying that they were the problem. So I think the Hawks in the position that they're in right now can take a look at the standings and go, you know what, we just got to knock out, you know, maybe half these games, maybe 60, 75% of these games in the second half, we're going to make the playoffs. And I think the Hawks come into this second half, extremely motivated. The coach isn't there. The president of operations isn't there. And I think Atlanta, this is a team that, that has a favorable schedule in the second half and they have a lot of home games so i think playing the atlanta hawks minus 155 to make the playoffs is probably a pretty good bet and now i think is the time to go ahead and buy this because the coach is out players are going to be motivated and i think everything kind of just lines up for atlanta so that's where i'm at with you know the whole mate nate mcmillan firing their mac i'm looking to go ahead and you know find bets and i think that this might actually be a pretty good one
1: directionally i agree with you the hawks have been one of the more downgraded teams on the season and really i don't think on paper they should be worse they should probably be a little bit better than they were last year and i think it has everything to do with the friction between i mean reported early in the season the friction between trey young and nate mcmillan now i think the hawks especially trey young have a lot to play for because i mean you look at guys like stephen marbury demarcus cousins four or five years into their career they were like surefire hall of famers they were excellent players everyone agreed on this Making all the all-star teams. Trey Young made the Eastern Conference Finals. He's, you know, proven a lot, arguably. Then he runs out a coach that's been in the league for 20 years, and it's uh, you know, tumultuous. if Trey Young is that guy, and maybe Nick McMillan was holding him back, he can prove that over the next 15-20 games. I think they should be a lot better. I think they will play with a lot more vigor. You talk about, yeah, people are gonna point the finger at you. I think more than just you're not picking up on the season. I think people are going to be like, "Are you a franchise guy?" I think that's got to be the question's got to be raised, especially with his unique brand of basketball Trey Young, where he's taking like obnoxious shots, things that might turn off teammates um or, you know, it might inspire them at the same token. But you've got to, you know, you've you got to fill those shoes if you're if you're going to talk that talk. So we'll see. Um you minus 155. I'm not sure if I can get there. NBA 538, which doesn't know anything about emotions and effort and doesn't factor anything like that in. Uh, they say it's 50-50 the Hawks make the playoffs. I think that's slight. Uh, but I'm not sure if it's, you know, 60%, which is what you what you're looking at at minus 155. Really the Wizards are the team I'd be worried about if they can beat them in a play in situation. Uh, I'm not so worried about the Raptors and then the other seven in the East look pretty pretty solid. Uh, so it's going to be Hawks versus Wizards down the stretch. Uh, we've been talking about the Wizards I'm bullish on them, but I think short term they will play better than they have this season.
0: Uh, I think they have to. I think that they come out like trying to make a point. Like it, it's not us, you know what I mean? And if yep. they can go out and win, you know, let's just say like, let's say they win like three out of four games. Well, then the 155 that vanishes, that probably goes to, you know, minus 240, maybe even up to like minus 300, especially, you know, if the teams in front of them kind of falter a little bit. One of the reasons why I think that, that there was this, I guess this confrontation with these guys. And, and I think that this is one of the things that that we have to consider Nate McMillan's old school coach, right, Mac? No doubt. You got these newer kids coming up, especially, you know, guys like Murray and, and, and Trey Young. Like, they didn't come through the old school. These players, this generation, they're coming through the new school. So everything's new school to them. And, and these guys are, uh, let's just say, creators, you know. They're originators of, of what's going on. And when you run head-to-head into somebody that's old school, there there could be confrontation there, and things just don't mix. So I kind of feel like there's a brand of basketball that these guys want to play, and now they're going to go out there and play it. And I think they're going to be more comfortable in their own skin, not having to feel like they're on eggshells. So there's no confrontation. So I like the Hawks there, you know, minus 155 to go ahead and make the playoffs.
1: I think on the court, you're right. There is probably some confrontation. Trey Young wants to be a little more Steph Curry than uh, maybe his skills many coaches would think uh, warrant. However, I also think it's a lifestyle that they want to live. And the specific, specific incident that's like this started to bubble to the top. This friction is Trey Young had a shoulder injury, and he wanted to uh, you know do treatment, and then before the game decide whether or not he was feeling well enough to play. Uh, Nate McMillan's like, well, if you're trying to play this game, I need you to walk through the morning. I need you. I mean, not pra- I guess not to practice, but I need you to go through walkthrough. I need you to be part of the team. And Trey Young's like, I don't even know if I, I'm able to play. Shouldn't I be working on treatment so that I can, you know, take my talents onto the court and demonstrate what I'm able to do, like an artist, you know, like you know, trying to clear my voice so I can sing tonight. So that's that's kind of the lifestyle that Nick McMillan saying, hey, we're a team. Uh, you know, lunch pail, come in. If your shoulders hurt, then you either play or you don't play. And then the way that ended up was Trey uh, Trey Young said, all right, we'll find if I. Um, I didn't go through the walkthrough. Can I play? And he said, if you want to play, you can come off the bench. And that, talk about, you know, a star in his mind, talking about a lifestyle of being a rock star, being an artist, uh, being relegated to the bench because my shoulder hurt. I could see how that rubs him the wrong way. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. I think there's a a reason it's a team sport. There's a responsibility to, uh, you know, like when you're doing suicides as a team, one guy drags, everyone starts dragging. You know, there's a feeling of, Pick up your pick up your brother that Trey Young, you know, might have fallen short in this particular instance or in instances in the past. Um, and that's the conflict there. And I, I don't see it necessarily going away. I mean, this is one instant instance of it, but there's a few. I mean, I guess they're, they're, they're dropping off like flies. Popovich is out the door. Nick Millens is out, out the door. But I'm not sure if you can win that way.
0: I'm not sure if you can win um, without someone holding you to a higher standard. And that's one of the reasons why I can't sit here and just say that, you know, the old school guys don't belong in this league. Like every, every generation of basketball coaches have had, they've done things right. And Nate McMillan was probably thinking like, this is the right way to do this. Maybe it just came across wrong, but clearly you don't want to go tell your, you know, your star player, like, well, then you could just come off the bench because I think we've seen this before, Mac star players have more power than the head coach, unless it's somebody like maybe like a Popovich or, you know, a Phil Jackson or somebody like that. Like you better be, you better be one of the best coaches in the NBA. And clearly, you know, Nate McMillan uh, is not that. So that's my recommendation, you know, with the Hawks kind of just, you know, feeling them out a little bit. But I thought that that was some pretty big news that maybe we can go ahead and squeeze a bet out of. Mac Russell Westbrook, as we mentioned there in the beginning, uh, he's still in LA, but he's not on the Lakers. Now he's on the Clippers. The buyout's over with. So now Russell Westbrook will join the L.A. Clippers. I'm not sure what you think about this. I wanted to hear your thoughts first on how you feel Westbrook's going to fit in here in L.A. Is it going to work? Is it going to turn into a disaster? Or is this going to be that diamond in the rough that the that the Clippers have been looking for? I think the Clippers are uniquely situated here where it can be neither of those
1: things. I don't think it's going to work necessarily. I think the Clippers have excelled when they've had the best uh, complement of shooters around Kawhi and Paul George, Nick Batum playing center. Against the Jazz and spreading them out, I think that works best. I think the decision making problems that the Clippers have had down the down the down the stretch, I don't think that's necessarily alleviated by a guy that wants to run 100 miles per hour down the court, uh, you know, himself. I think you know it takes a little bit more guile, more of a Mike Conley game, necessarily to get the Clippers at their best. That said, I think they're uniquely situated where it can't hurt them. The Clippers simply could not play Westbrook and play Terrence Mann at point guard and. Uh, you know, use their deep bench the way they want to, or he could run the second man unit and just be, uh, you know, a dynamo in in short eight minute stints, Uh, where if he has it, he's on, he's a microwave, keep going, keep getting hot. And if he doesn't necessarily have it, has a bad turnover, uh, you yank him out. Unlike with the Lakers and Zach Lowe made this point on his podcast, the Lakers brought uh, Russell Westbrook in to be a big three. The, The fact that he wasn't, kind of uh you know soured his mood kind of soured his fit i think on the clippers he can just be a plus player where if if he's if he's adding value he's in if not there's a reason why you know he had to take a buyout people understand what that means what what it says about where you are in your career um and the fact that he's been with paul george through thick and thin they had those seasons together uh i think there's trust there so i think i think it's gonna i think it can only help and i'm not sure it will i think maybe it's unlikely to you know, improve them more than a half point. But um I think the veteran leadership on the team and just the way they play, uh, they can absorb if it doesn't work at all.
0: Well, for me, I think it's a good thing for Westbrook because it's a fresh start, right? I mean, he, yeah. How many times did that guy get I mean, he was literally getting booed by his own fans in LA. But I think that I think Westbrook kind of developed some bad habits. Like there were just some nights where like you can't go out there and be four for twenty and then just expect the team to rally around you and be like, yeah, pick it up. I don't know how many times I woke up in the morning and I felt like I was reading the article and it was like, yeah, pick it up tonight, Russ, pick it up tonight, Russ. And, and he was doing his interviews. Like I felt like they they like they were babying him just to get him to play good basketball once again. But this fresh start, it can only be good for him. How long does it last? I'm not sure. And one of the questions I had, you know, why would the Clippers even do this? Because I, you and I talked about this team earlier on in the year we felt like this is one of the deeper teams in the league, especially their bench was actually quite deep. So uh, we'll see how it works out. I mean, I hope it does. I hope Westbrook, you know, can go, uh, you know, to another team is going to be like his fifth NBA team and have some success here because, you know, after a while, you know, the, the, the stink just doesn't wear off. So if Westbrook can go in here and the Clippers can make some kind of run and he can actually be a piece that actually helps them and, and maybe even go out there and win a game or two for this team, you know, maybe he can get rid of some of that stink and then, you know, we'll see where... You know, we'll see where Westbrook goes from there in his career, but uh, clearly, this can only be good for him, I think, right now. Uh, so, here's something that's good there, Mac. And, you know, we joked around quite a bit with this last week, but, you know, at, at times I think you do have to be serious. And, you know, we were talking about our coupon code last week, uh, AllStar20, and we made a couple jokes and things like that. And it was cool. And, Mac, just to update you, you know, a couple people did go ahead and use our Star code. So, uh, I will say thank you for that. But you know at this particular time of the year, and there's a couple times out of the year where if you are buying picks that you should consider doing it, and now is probably the time to do it. When you get to the second half of the year, and somebody like McKenzie, you know, he has the entire first half to gather data. He's a data guy. The more data you give him, he's going to win. And if you've seen what McKenzie's been doing recently, which is no surprise, He's on a 6-0 run in the NBA. He's won 10 out of his last 11 games. And go back to last year. This is where McKenzie picked up all that steam. and He ended up racking up all these units, simply kicked ass in the second half of the NBA season. He's doing it again. And this is just a lesson from somebody that does this every day. Certain handicappers will kick ass as the closer you get to the playoffs. And this is the case with McKenzie. And it's also the case with me. I'm doing it in college basketball right now. Nobody's hotter in the NBA than McKenzie. Nobody's hotter in college basketball than me. So, honestly, if you guys want to go ahead and use a coupon code this week, in all seriousness, MAC20, Sleepy20, you guys are going to get the best of the best right now at pregame.com. So, we'll keep it serious. No jokes this week. There's no reason to joke around when, you know, people's money are on the line. So, I'll just go ahead and spit that out there. Not sure if you want to say anything about the coupon code MAC, but I know right now you're in a zone. You're dialed in. If there's ever a time when somebody's buying picks, it actually should be right now. After February
1: 1st, last year and this year combined, 61% of my NBA plays. Uh, I agree with you. I think more data, more success, more time on our hands. Now that football season's over, more focus, more success. And uh, it's not shocking to me to see Sleepy J up 35 units in college basketball every year. This time of year, it seems like he's red hot. You know, more good things to come, especially most profitable time in college basketball betting season, conference tournaments. And uh yeah, I would subscribe to Sleepy J and see what he has to
0: say about that situation. And I think one of the reasons, Mac, why this is a really important time of the year is that it's hard to gauge motivation when some of the players don't care. But right now you have to care. You either care or you don't. So right now, when motivation becomes key, it's easier for guys like me and you to say, all right, motivation's key here. We know that they're going to play at their at their top level. It just makes our handicapping so much easier, and it's easier to pick the teams out of a lineup and say, you know what, that's the right team tonight because I know what I am going to get from them. And uh, that that's you know one of the things that that people struggle with, especially in the NBA, even pro- professional sports in general, is really just gauging when motivation is uh, is on their side in their handicap. But at the end of the year, typically you have you know a handful of teams that that motivation is key. Uh, so with that said, um, hopefully you guys go ahead and, and use our coupon code. Like I said, Mac 20, sleepy20. Uh, let's get everybody motivated here, Mac, for our agreed upon player prop bet. Last time we did a podcast, we gave out Desmond Bain. Hit that. Happy about that. But now, Mac, we're going with Kyrie Irvin. We're gonna go ahead, we're gonna play him under the 25 and a half points. I'll let you go ahead and lead out our agreed-upon prop bet handicap. What do you got there for Kyrie? So this is Kyrie
1: and Lucas third game together. And this is by far, on paper, their most opportune time to get a win. They're 14-point favorites in some spots. And I think this is a good situation where it's going to set the tone, where Kyrie can illustrate what he can bring to the team. And they don't need him to score 30. They don't need him to score 35. So under 25 and a half makes a lot of sense. Number one is blowout potential. If they're up by 20 in the second half, he probably only plays six, seven minutes. And even if it is a little bit closer game and he plays his full complement of minutes, I think he uses the opportunity as a big favorite to be the facilitator, to let Luca shine. And in the all-star game, Kyrie had 30 points and 15 assists. He did a lot. And Luca, as he said, he said, my favorite thing about all-star game is going to Mexico after the game is over, you know, getting some R&R. I think he doesn't really care about an all-star game, but he does care about being the guy in the league. So with that R&R coming back from Mexico, I see Luca having a big game and I see Kyrie Facilitating Luca having a big game. Luca scored 50 points five times in his career. Every single time has been in the state of Texas. Three times in Dallas. One time in Houston. One time in San Antonio. Uh, four points in the All Star game. I wouldn't be surprised to be multiplied that by 12 in this game and put up a 50 burger. And uh, Kyrie, whether it's because you know, he doesn't play a lot of minutes because of the blowout, or whether he's helping Luca, you know, illustrate what he's going to bring to the league as the MVP candidate for future years to come. Uh, I see it being a, not an off game, but a, a, um, a quiet game for
0: Kyrie Irving. So that's why I like the under 25 and a half. Well, clearly I'm with you. The line's 13 and a half there, Mac. So the blow up potential, it, it easily could happen here. You know, one of the things with Luca when it came to the All Star game is that he was mic'd up in that game. Yeah. And right. it was an uncomfortable feeling. I think his over and under Mac was like set at 16 and a half. And even my buddy questioned that. He was like, how would somebody like Luca in the All Star game? Lined at sixteen and a half, like what's going on there, and just starting to get back. But now I think after the break, you know the fact that Kyrie had a big run in the All Star game. Maybe he's going to look to go ahead and have a down game. If there's ever a time to go ahead and you know not have to push him so much, it's going to be in this game. But Luca's going to want to have after he's had some time off and and have like a monster game and to kind of just let everybody know like this is my team. So I can see Luca having a big game. Now I'm not recommending him over, but I do think that Kyrie will not get, you know, the abundance of shots that he normally takes. So the under 25 and a half, I think that's a good bet for us. So we'll go ahead. We'll do that there for agreed upon player prop bet Kyrie Irvin under 25 and a half points. And that'll wrap up the NBA Dream Podcast for us for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the break last week. But now, like I said, it's it's time to go ahead and get ready for this stretch run of the NBA. Mackenzie and I I think we're going to have you guys ready to go making some money here in the second half. You guys know where to find Mackenzie and I on Twitter at Mac and Rivers at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Make sure you guys like, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. And if you guys have some extra cash and you want to make some money, you want to buy some picks at pregame.com, enter code Sleepy20, Mac20. You guys will go ahead and save some money. With that said, hope you guys have a great day, and I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the game.